everybody, and welcome to the Circles and Squares News Report for Monday, March 14th, 2022. Um, I'm James, and that Kate, that's bleh, that's Katie. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes this part of the Circles and Squares podcast. Um, and this is our news show where we come together and talk about the couple last couple weeks in video game news, PlayStation and otherwise. Uh, Kate, what's up? How are you? Good. I'm pretty good. Um, had a busy D&D weekend, so I'm uh, recovering from that a little bit. But... How would you fit that in with Elden Ring going on? Well, like it, it's tough. It's tough. Me and actually one of the other players, we spend like half of the time playing D&D just being like, oh, that's this from Elden Ring. And everyone else is like, <laughs> what? And they're like, oh, there's a swamp over there. Ooh, how many lobsters do we see? And they're oh, like, my God. Everyone else is like, please stop. Look, I don't want to get too far down a tangent here, but those lobsters, <laughs> I hate those lobsters. They're so hard to kill, at least for me, like the way I'm playing. But man, I, I think those are like, aside from bosses, maybe hardest. like a top two or three most difficult enemy I've found so far. Yeah, they, they are the evolution of, of Dark Souls 3's crabs. And uh, <laughs> oh boy, when they snipe you from half a screen away, you're never ready for that. No. Well, I mean, that hasn't happened to me yet, luckily. But, oh. uh just wait until they jump on top of buildings and artillery fire down at you. <laughs> you thought they were bad on the ground? Oh, thank God. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Uh, guys, this is not an Elden Ring podcast, though. I'm sure we'll have a lot of time to talk about that in the future. Um, and if you'd like to check out us talking about the Elden Ring, you can actually check out the last episode we did last week of the Circles and Squares podcast, where we had like a 45-minute discussion all about our initial thoughts and what we thought of the game. So, spoiler alert, we both really like it. Um, and you should definitely go check out that conversation because it was a lot of fun. Um, and also, you, while you're at it, you can go check out our episode of the Circles and Squares Extra podcast where we ranked all the characters from Lost, uh, no. which was a lot of fun. <laughs> and so I have fun. to continue to promote that show because, I mean, who else does that, right? You, that's the kind of stuff you come here for, that bonus little, you know, Lost in 2022 uh character recap <laughs> hey, it's still relevant it's always time it time is. is weird and lost right it's yeah well time is weird now relevant. in the world too with the pandemic True. and everything so i mean we may as well still be back in like whatever year it was lost was coming out and i mean yeah same thing um so today as always we're going to go over the playstation news at the start of the show including the state of play that just happened uh for once it lined up where we're about to record a <laughs> podcast after a presentation instead of uh the other way around and then we'll get into the out-of-town news as well. And then for the the fun, lighter side news story at the very end of the show, I have a surprise for Kate this time that she's not even aware about. So hopefully it's as fun as I'm hoping it will be. Um, so just before we get into the state of play news, though, there is one other thing about PlayStation that we do have to mention. And it's eight more women come out um, as forward, forward as a part of a sexual harassment lawsuit against PlayStation. And this type of thing has been, for anyone that follows the gaming industry, I think it's been pretty rampant. I mean, obviously for quite a while, these are not um, like brand new incidents, but everything's kind of bubbling to the surface over the last year or so. And um, I mean, we we did a whole episode. I think one of our episodes was titled Bobby Kotick is a Scumbag. And we went, a, we went on about that piece of shit for a little while. And so, I mean, we'd be remiss and hypocritical not to mention that some of this stuff is happening at PlayStation as well. Um, I would like to believe there's no one quite as rotten of an egg as, as old Bobby over at PlayStation, but that doesn't excuse, um, you know, any kind of preferential treatment or sexualized discrimination in the workplace and all that. So we just want to mention it, obviously, and say, hey, this isn't cool, right? Like, PlayStation's something we love to talk about, and it makes it hard to talk about it in a fun way when there's sort of this dark cloud of this type of stuff going on in the background. So um, I don't know if you had any thoughts, but it's it's worth just putting out there so people can raise awareness and and um, hopefully get things fixed up. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think you are succinct and it just is shitty it is what it is, right? And it's under investigation and mm-hmm. so, it's just it's the dark side of the industry that unfortunately like it needs to get talked about because things need to change. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it's hard sometimes to compartmentalize that versus like, oh, there's a state of play and it's awesome. And I'm so excited for all these new games and that's just the thing, right? And yeah. this this news came out like under an hour before the state of play started. And it's almost like, like, why does this come out just before only to be kind of not, I don't say it's intentionally covered up, but it's kind of convenient how this, this like hype game news comes out like right, right after the kind of report. So it's just, you know, it's, we shouldn't be hiding this stuff behind like fun stuff, I guess. Um, regardless, uh, everyone be aware of that. Look into it if you can. And um, just listen to people when they say they're being discriminated against. Like people aren't just doing this for fun. They don't want that type of publicity. These are real real instances in a lot of a lot of the time so um i guess we'll leave that one there and maybe move into something we'll switch gears a little bit to something a little bit more fun which is um that playstation had a state of play and (laughs) there was a lot of cool announcements um some i i put out a twitter poll on the circles and squares twitter podcast uh which is at cns pod on twitter just to see what people thought about the state of play and the results were were kind of negative actually i i think Hmm. the result was um 48% of our respondents said it wasn't great. Um 36% average, 12% said it was good and 4% said it was incredible. So at least there was someone out there that that's uh thought it was great. But we're going to go over the the announcements from what we saw and uh yeah, give our give our thoughts as well. But I guess before we get into that Kate, what were your overall kind of how did you feel about the show overall? Uh I feel like I'm maybe a little more positive than uh than Twitter agrees. Um there were a couple things that stood out to me as being really exciting. Um, I do understand, though. I think there's a lot of, like, JRPG and a lot of, like, this was, like, the Japan. It was almost like a Square Enix. One, right? Like, yeah. the, the back half was, like, Square. Square Enix exclusively. Um, Yeah. And so, like, if you're not really into that, which I would say I'm not really a big Square Enix fan anyway either. But mm-hmm. like, there wasn't tons of variety, I suppose. And it was definitely a shorter show. So yeah, I can see why a lot of people might watch it and think that there wasn't tons of content for them. But I'm always an advocate for the idea that I'd much rather have more frequent 20-minute presentations that aren't extremely hype mm-hmm. as opposed to less frequent longer shows. So I actually, for 20 minutes, I feel like I've got a few things I'm excited about. And for 20 minutes of content, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel too. I, I feel like even even a lot of the Square Enix stuff, like uh, I'm, in, I'm into a lot more of the, <clears throat> excuse me, like the Japanese stuff, but it's even even within that it's hit and miss and i feel like square can be hit and miss so it's it's uh it's it's interesting to see when their when their logo comes up but i i agree with you i think i i feel like people are always it's it's such a spectrum right people are either like oh my god that was so disappointing or that was like the hypest thing ever it's hard to find yeah. that middle ground and but sometimes th- that's resting on like five minutes of the whole presentation right it's yeah. like did ragnarok show up yes or no <laughs> like done right right, <laughs> right. I, I feel like this I, I was listening to another podcast and forgive me for not remembering who it was but they were saying essentially like this state of play was sort of a definitive thing of like this is a state of play versus the playstation showcase when mm-hmm. for the st- PlayStation, for the state of play, they always, they'll put out a tweet and be like, there's going to be 20 minutes mostly focused on Japanese developers, like, is like what they said. And that's exactly what this is. It's, mm-hmm. it's when they do the, the PlayStation showcase annually where it's like, okay, they, and then on those, on those messages, like when they put that out, they're ne- they never give you a timeline or if they give you a time, they never say like what type of games are going to be there. And those are the ones where it's like, okay, maybe we will see God of War. Maybe we will see, like, mm-hmm. you know, Persona 6 or 
whatever the next big big game is right but i feel like at the state of plays now it's more like hey here's some things you've not heard about here's some updates and stuff you have but it's not really going to be you know the biggest of big guns yeah of these type and, shows. and that's a really smart call of theirs but i feel like it's all about expectations right like if you go into this presentation you're like oh shit like i want to see persona 6 i want to see god of war i want to see like you know all these like big yeah. name titles it's just not like, gonna happen you shouldn't expect that like you should never go into this presentation thinking god of war is gonna be there yeah and it's not that our like twitter like the people on the twitter post no no were of that opinion but i just think like i'm going into most of like i don't know what i'm gonna see and then i see a couple cool things like oh that was awesome that was really fun for me and so like I'm not disappointed, but if I go in specifically right. being like, oh, you know, is Silk Song going to be here? <laughs> like, I can <laughs> yeah. play that game for the next five years, and I'm going to be disappointed every time. So. Right, exactly. I uh, think it's smart of them to, yeah, give us a heads up, like, this is the sort of content you're going to see. Exactly. If you're not into that content, maybe don't watch it. If you are, or if you just like watching presentations, like, I'll watch any of them, even if I don't intend to buy anything, just because it's, it's exciting to see. So. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. So why don't we get into the presentation then, Kate? I know you have a recap of everything that was announced. So I guess we'll just go through it and chat a little bit about what was shown. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it was fun. They started. So this is funny. They started out with X Primal, which is a new Capcom game. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, the dinosaur forecast, dinosaur weather game where it looks just like horde battles versus dinosaurs. But what was really funny is I was watching with my friend and the guy I'm playing Detroit become human with. And it starts out with like an AI kind of like robot talking to you. And she's like, oh, what is the weather going to be today? And we're like, oh, my God, Detroit 2, Detroit 2. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and then it's like raining dinosaurs 30 seconds later. We're like, mm, might not be. <laughs> <laughs> might not be, right? Yeah, it's an interesting game. I honestly thought, I, know, I think a lot of people thought it was like, oh, is this Turok coming back? Because that's like an, mm -hmm. you know, an old dinosaur mm -hmm. thing. And yeah, I guess dinosaurs are just kind of in now with Jurassic Park and all that. Um, I mean, yeah, this game looks like, you know, it's, it's multiplayer. It's killing stuff. I don't, I don't know. Like that one guy had a big Reinhardt shield. To me, it seemed yeah. like I, I definitely identified that from, from something else. It looks, it looks okay. I don't think I would play this, but... But um, yeah, this know. this looks like the kind of game where it reminds me of like a Vermintide kind of thing where it's mm -hmm. like if you've got a few friends, it might genuinely be a really good time. But if you're playing it on your own, it just looks like super generic and like, you know, oh, man, would, would lose interest so quickly. I don't but think I you'd play this by yourself. No, I think yeah, I don't think you're you're not going to. But it could be fun with friends like this is like the exact kind of game where it's like, oh, for like 10 bucks, we can get a bundle pack. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like other people really want to play it and they need a fourth. All right. I'll right. Yeah. You. Or when it comes like, to PS plus in like two years with yeah, all the DLC exactly. and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not pushing for it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. So that was the first one. Now, next up, we had a couple things. There were some things we definitely have seen before. We got another Ghostwire Tokyo yeah. trailer. Um, and this wasn't necessarily anything new. It was just a little bit more like story cutscenes and a little bit more gameplay. So it was very much, it felt just like a trailer. Uh, that played after but i'm perfectly happy for that because i'm very excited about ghostwire it is coming up it has been pre-ordered thank you green man gaming for always doing. oh you did i wasn't sale. sure if you were gonna get it right away <laughs> you are okay well yeah it was, it was on good deal so yeah. how can you say no right? nice okay i'm excited about that that's great i thought this was a was a really nice trailer i liked it because i feel the other one was more focused on like the abilities and, and what you do whereas this one was kind of like hey we we just saw that trailer this is more like mm -hmm. giving you a little bit more context to the world itself and the character you're playing as and a few you know other 
people. And so I, I like the way it kind of fleshed it out a little bit more. And now it's like, hey, the release is like 10 days away. Have fun. Yeah, this looks awesome. This to me was just another like, here's some more atmosphere of the game. Like the game's biggest selling point easily for me is the world and the atmosphere. And it's like, here's mm -hmm. just a little bit mm -hmm. more of that just to kind of tease you along. And now I want to see absolutely nothing else about it because right. I, I just, the less I know, like you've hooked me, the less I know now, the better because I want to just experience it in the game. Yeah, I really feel like they've they've marketed, as people that watch all these presentations and keep up with the with it with these games right i feel like ghostwire has been marketed almost perfectly in terms of like how much we've seen it it's not been anything mm -hmm. like death loop from last year where we see it like every 10 minutes everywhere you look yeah um and it's also but then been it's like, also not it's also not too cryptic like a death stranding yeah. kind of thing where you're like i have literally no idea what's happening at any given time it's like Ex exactly i i'm confused and it's mysterious but i have enough to like base a purchase off of and that's like the perfect middle ground especially for like kind of a mysterious game yeah exactly no it looks good I'm, i hope you enjoy it and you know what i'll probably play it in the future deal um okay <laughs> so the next one's kind of funny we got uh more of stranger of paradise mm -hmm. final fantasy origin which is like wow that's kind of a mouthful of a name um it is but that came out and i believe now is this the same final fantasy is this the i need to kill chaos it is the, i need to kill chaos one, right it yes. is that yes um and i would so, like to tell you that i mm -hmm. played the demo that was announced in this news story so you gotta tell me about it. i watched the uh first cutscene because you told me to watch it or you told me to download for it yeah, and i didn't yeah. get around to downloading it so i just watched it on youtube and <laughs> wow uh what did you think of that look the first cutscene to me was actually really cool and i don't know if you're like watching it online maybe the quality was a little bit worse or whatnot but on the ps5 like you know um the, the opening cutscene was cool as hell in my opinion like that mm -hmm. dude with the big armor comes out and there's all that smoke and he's like yeah there's like dead bloody guys all like knights all along the walls like they've been bludgeoned to death like it's a it's a dark grim scene i was in on that yeah. cutscene, and then and then the thing is is like it begins to fall apart a little bit because the characters like you're i know it's a meme i know we all make fun of it a little bit but like this cast is like so out of place right in their they're like abercrombie and fitch t-shirts <laughs> and like it's just really strange and, and they're I, like such edgelords too they like, are you get to that like first fight after the cutscene, and they're like looking to other like huh, and like making like stupid little yeah. like cocky grunts to each other and they're gonna fight this like massive like three-headed monster and it's just it's such a weird tone like that opening cutscene reminded me a lot of something like i guess i don't want to spoil it in case people haven't seen it but it reminded me a lot of something where it's like dark and gritty but not trying to be cool just like this if you crush someone's head there's going to be a lot of blood like that's a right, fucked up right. thing to do right but then you get into the game and with those characters and now it's like oh blood because it's cool not because like you know that's mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. logically what would happen and so i don't know there's a weird disconnect for me on yeah that. yeah it's it's uh it's a weird game and and you know what disconnect is probably going back to the demo because i did play the demo or most mm -hmm. of it i didn't actually beat it but disconnect is exactly how i would describe it because i have no idea what i did this i played for probably 45 minutes and it was i probably actually played for about half of that and the rest i was in these cutscenes, sort of bouncing around and I, I think they were trying to introduce the world and some characters but 
it just didn't make any sense and the characters you're 100 percent right they're such edge lords and like <laughs> oh man i mean it's a 40 hour rpg i think they're saying right so i'm i'm sure there'll be some character development and stuff but mm-hmm. the, the initial impression is not like wow i can't wait to go spend time with these guys <laughs> like it's it's kind of yeah I, I preferred the final fantasy 15 cast by a lot compared to this but what's interesting about this demo is the combat and the gameplay is more fun than i was expecting i don't think mm-hmm. it's outstanding like it, it it's a little mushy with the controls um again it's a demo so you never know but th- it, there's some cool stuff though like there's there's a really neat mechanic where you can block with l1 but you can also do like a i guess you block with like a, a bar that you have or a meter and it's more mm-hmm. focused on like getting the timing right almost like a parry but instead mm-hmm. of pair instead of being a parry though <laughs> What it is, is if you use that on certain attacks, like the enemies have these purple attacks or something, when you block that with those, you get to use that ability for yourself for that rest oh. of that battle. So you can actually absorb like the powers of enemies. Um, there's skill trees. There's there's this like kind of stagger meter where you, once you break an enemy's armor, you can do this one hit kill thing. It's kind of cool. Like I could I could see it being fun. It reminds me sort of of a little like a less fun version of the combat from Final Fantasy VII Remake. And okay. so the ideas are cool. Like I, I can, I, I think people will be surprised by the way that it plays, but the world just seems so disjointed and off-putting that I don't think I could say I'm super drawn to playing this, at least right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a shame. Those systems genuinely sound good. And I've always wanted to kind of play a final, like a proper Final Fantasy game because I've always just done the tactics and it's like this weird mm-hmm. like adjacent series. And, like, this genuinely based off of what you said about the combat might be the one that would interest me the most. But, yeah. like, I, like, are you just supposed... Is it supposed to be a comedy? Is it supposed to be, like, serious? Like I don't, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, Final Fantasy always has, always has such weird kind of tones sometimes. You know, whether it's the characters are strange or there's something going on with the world. But, yeah, these guys just seem... Like, in the same way that the protagonist of Forspoken is taken from the future and put in a medieval world, these guys mm-hmm. are taken from, like... <laughs> <laughs> hot topic or like at the mall or something hot it's not hot topic that's the wrong one but like you no, know no, no, like american apparel or something and like put into this world too it's hilarious <laughs> i don't know that is but so but funny. i would i would definitely recommend to anyone like check out the demo because if you find the combat mm-hmm. fun it might be the kind of thing where it's like i'm not gonna pay attention to the story anyway like maybe this will be a good time you never know right and like maybe it is just like a good time to just sort of like laugh alongside it mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. that's good enough so yeah um, but we'll segue because you mentioned Forspoken, uh, which is very appropriate because the next thing they showed off was another Forspoken trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, they showed off more, a little bit more cutscene, a little more like dialogue from the characters, a little bit more world and some of the cool elemental abilities you get. And like, I'm just so torn on this game. Like on paper, this game is amazing sounding to me. Like it's absolutely incredible to look at like it's a really neat fantasy world the elemental magic is is looks really creative Mm -hmm. but i just there's this barrier to me and maybe i'll feel different when i have the game physically in my hands but i can't figure out how it like what the game feel is going to be like Mm -hmm. and i think i'm concerned it might be a bit like cinematic over substance Mm -hmm. for me personally like it just looks so fast-paced and it almost looks to me like the equivalent of like um it looks like you know like 
like video games it's like okay your sword swing does 10 damage or your sword swing does like a thousand damage mm -hmm. and it like it means the same thing because the enemy's like health skills with with that right so it's like 10 hits to do 100 health worth yeah it of means 10 nothing damage yeah like, yeah or, or 10 hits of doing like a thousand damage and they're still dead and it looks to me like it's on that side of the scale where it's just like really like overblown and like exaggerated and like like half of the moves like to me like they remind me of like an MMO or like in Maple Story when you're like high level and you do <laughs> yeah. one move and it like wipes the whole board. Right. And it looks just that kind of like really overemphasized kind of um thing and almost like a hack and slash where it's going for like really cinematic, like badass, like and it looks beautiful. It looks incredible, but I just don't love that feel as much. I like a more slow, like weighty kind mm -hmm. of feel to games. Mm -hmm. And so I I'm not discounting it because it genuinely looks good, but I'm concerned that it's just not going to feel like how I like action games to feel and I might not get into it. Yeah, I I feel like the way you're describing it is completely defining like this is a Japanese developed game compared to like I feel like a lot of times those get numbers, those games that have like the numbers and the thousands and the huge damage and all that and all the meters, like those are always the Japanese develop games a lot of the time whereas then it's like the western ones are like more about the weighty kind of combat like that um and it's interesting like this is from um luminous productions one of the square studios that did final fantasy 15 and 15 was a lot like what you're describing so i wouldn't be mm -hmm. surprised if, if that is what it ends up being um that being said i mean they they mentioned the delay we knew about the delay so mm -hmm. um um i mean i've seen some people online saying this game looked bad graphically which is like kind of surprising to me because i think it looks pretty impressive actually yeah um so i mean i guess the delay who knows what it's for maybe it's just for you know tweaking those last few things i'm super interested in this game i think it's probably one of the next big ones on my list but i think like what you mentioned is i tend to gravitate more to that style mm -hmm. so i feel like this is kind of more for me than for you anyway um yeah. one thing i'm looking at the playstation blog right now and i and these look at some of the screenshots from the presentation and like some of these enemy designs are killer cool like uh i'm like we're playing elden ring right now and mm -hmm. i mean some of these enemies look like they could be from elden ring in a weird way and um it's just it's it's interesting to compare like the world to something like playing elden ring right now and like looking at these screenshots it's like you know, it's another take on like a very high quality open world, I guess. And um, yeah, just looking forward to playing this later in the yeah. year. I mean, we've seen a lot um, of it now. I kind of hope they let it sleep a little bit until closer to release and then maybe a trailer or two leading into the end of the year and then I'll play it on October 11th. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I agree. And I, the creature design, like, that's what I mean. Like the world is amazing. Yeah, it's the world super is cool. exactly what I want to get into. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to say like the combat is like a critique of the game. It's no, just, no less of my preferred style sure yeah no and, and of course so... and that's 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 valid completely <laughs> mm -hmm. but completely. i'm glad you're getting it because yeah. i want to see what you think and then like there there is a world where i'm tempted to get it right like yeah, i'm definitely yeah. curious about this game yeah. it's just maybe not like i am rushing to pay 80 dollars to, to exactly, try it i'm yeah, gonna wait exactly. and see like what it looks like more on release because yeah. sometimes trailers too like they'll use the really cool, crazy cinematic, like over the top stuff because it's, it's evocative, right? And it gets people's attention, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's how the game feels all the time. I'm like, you know, that might be the last 10 hours of gameplay in the first 40 or, or a lot slower paced, right? Yeah, so. exactly. And, and to be fair, there's a lot about this game we don't know too. Like what yeah. is, 
like is there a lot of side quests all over the map is it one of those kind of assassin's creed giant open world climb the towers games we, we're really not too sure final fantasy 15 is like I, I beat that game i'm just judging it based off of that type of design um and that was an open world it was more similar to i wouldn't say it's similar to like elden ring but it's it's definitely not like ubisoft style like there's no towers there's no mm-hmm. none of that type of stuff so as long as it's similar to how that game was formatted but with sort of the design and the aesthetic and the story of what we've seen from this world so far i think it's looking pretty cool but again gotta wait and see because final fantasy 15 wasn't without its issues it came out and like didn't have a proper ending and, and all this stuff and so i mean we gotta wait and see a little bit to make sure this release is in a good in a good way right. and that's probably maybe that's what the delay delayed. is for it's like yeah. oh shit we don't have an ending <laughs> like, exactly end. <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, that's a confident day one patch. Like, no one can beat it in a week, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> <was> like, well... <laughs> just work on it. There's like, some oh. crazy people. That, yeah, uh, it turns out that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so next up we've got Overwatch 2. I mean, Gundam Evolution. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this genuinely looks pretty fun. It's like a PvP... Um, it, it's basically Overwatch, but everyone's Bastion. Um, right, <laughs> at least in looks. Forms. At least in looks, like, it's just, like, a PvP, like, you know, shooter. It looks like there's some point capture stuff and, and game modes, kind of, like, an Overwatch-style thing. But it just cracks me up because it genuinely looks fun. It looks cool. But it's just, like, the UI at the bottom is, like, just Overwatch. you got your, like, ultimate in the middle and, like, yeah. your ammo on one side. And, like, it's just very, like, reminiscent of that style. And it's, like, you know, there's nothing necessarily wrong with with using something similar but it's just like they are not hiding where they got the inspiration from in the slightest (laughs) oh no definitely not and this i believe this game has actually been out for a while in japan okay Uh, and i think i also heard somewhere and this may not be accurate so take it with a grain of salt but i think i heard it's free to play yes it is it is it's free to play right on the playstation blog here so you get 12 gundams pilot each for free each with their own attacks i'm assuming that the way they're going to monetize it is different characters you can buy and stuff like that yeah or like skins and mm -hmm, stuff like mm -hmm. that yeah anyway yeah you're you're right though this game (laughs) looks way more fun than it has any business being and especially if it's free to play like i will play this i will check this out because gundams are cool man if you don't think gundams (laughs) are cool then you gotta check yourself because i mean (laughs) (laughs) this is certainly an overwatch uh clone from what I can tell, but like, just come on, giant Gundams are cool. Maybe that's the Transformers and me talking, the Transformers fan and <laughs> me talking. But, but yeah, uh, Gundams are never yeah. quite as cool as Transformers. No, but I yeah, mean, no. knowing it's free to play, like, I will try it out because why not? It looks like a good time. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, Overwatch is fun. I played a decent amount back in the day, and like, yeah, they're just good games. And speaking of Overwatch, we might talk about that in a few minutes. Mm-hmm, but we will talk fair. about it in a few minutes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but first, okay, this is probably the first thing where i was like this is the best trailer of the of the presentation so far and this is uh turtles the cowabunga collection <laughs> perfectly named um, perfectly named perfectly named and also the ugliest trailer i've seen in a long time but i love the commitment to the like the 80s 90s style of just like the bright green and the like s- horrible text that shows up on the pizza with all those like awful contrasting colors and it was just so incredibly ugly but so incredibly accurate to like what a ninja turtles trailer would have looked like back when those games were coming out 100 percent, they're they nailed the vibe of of mm-hmm. what this is and it's such a smart thing to release on uh you know that new ninja turtles beat em up upcoming too 
which I don't know how I'm so excited for that, but I am <laughs> because of Streets of Rage 4. Um, this is a great collection. I don't think like this isn't something I'm going to buy. I don't, I'm not that into the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat em up. But if you're a classic fan of, I know a lot of people really love Turtles in Time and Ninja Turtles on the NES. Like you and I played that before we borrowed it off a friend or something back in the day. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you enjoy those games, Ninja Turtles Arcade is another big one people love. I know people are super stoked. They got, um, tournament fighters in there from Super Nintendo. I think that's like a there are a classic. lot of games. I was surprised by just how many games they shoved into this. Like, mm -hmm. they could have very easily released, like, three games. Like, you know, Turtles in Time and, like, a couple of, like, two other big ones could yeah, have easily yeah. been the collection. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like, you've never even heard of these ones, but trust me, you're going to play them. Like, straight up, them straight up. And they've put a lot of work into this, too. Like, all the games in this collection, all there's 13 games. They all have, you can save any time. They added a rewind feature. You can button map. Um, in-game guides for different sections of the game like what more do you want in a collection right it's it's always what mm -hmm. you want to see is them adding stuff to it rather than just being like well here's a bunch of roms on the same on the same download like have fun yeah <laughs> they've actually added some stuff quality of life totally right yeah like this is this is going to please a lot of people for sure i'm happy yeah. to see and a total surprise yeah. too total surprise yeah absolutely this this was easily the one that i was like i'm most happy to see this but I'm not going to buy it, like, oh, right, right, right. but I'm the most happy this exists because it's it's just so fun. Mm -hmm. um, next up to contrast, that's probably my least favorite. Um, oh, you weren't excited for Gigabash favorite. or what? Um, I'm not into Gigabash. It's this like kaiju brawler. It looks very much like that Transformers game where the same kind of like top down and you're all just like kind of mm -hmm. walking along this like, you know, those um, it reminds the map reminds me of like those car mats that you used to have we used to have as kids and you'd like <laughs> drive up, yeah you'd be like a top down of like a city and you drive your cars around <clears throat> and like past the zoo past the hospital and it's like they're just yeah. fighting on that but slightly more 3d <laughs> and uh i mean these kind of games I... look like they're probably really fun for one session maybe if you have a couple drinks and you got a couple friends and you just like crack up about like you know your massive like sea snail has to go fight big gorilla and like it's ridiculous and stupid but i just don't see playing it more than like one or two times no i i totally agree I, I don't know if you remember this but i think back in the day on like ps1 or something we rented a game and it was a it was a power rangers game where you got to basically play this exact thing but it was in all the different megazords okay. and it was just like yeah, you know what this is to me? Like, this gameplay just looks like a more advanced version if they were like, hey, let's take one of the Mario Party minigames and, like, add a few more <laughs> button commands to it. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, give the characters each an ability, and that's kind of what this is. Um, I mean, yeah, this doesn't look great. It's the kind of thing where I'm kind of like, this is this is the sort of game where it's like, you know, there's a lot of games like this on the PlayStation Network, but this is just the one that somehow made it into a state of play, and mm -hmm. it just doesn't really hold comparison to like you know forspoken or the ninja turtles collection or the returnal yeah, update or like, like all those this, things this has to end up having a lot of really funny stuff in it mm -hmm. because like that's where you get your longevity is like it's not going to be in the gameplay it's like is it funny enough and is there enough to see that you're going to play it multiple times exactly yeah and i would say probably not but again there's a lot of young kids out there you know a lot of people looking for certain different things good for mm -hmm. them um i just want to read a quick quote from the playstation blog because i think it's hilarious it says they're talking about taking your game online. I guess this is an online mode. And it says couch play is the bread and butter of Gigabash. But what if we want our steak and salad too? It's time to go online. <laughs> what is that phrase? We want our steak and salad. 
steak and salad too. I know. It's... That doesn't work. I know. Like, there's nothing stopping you from having steak and salad. Like, the quote that that's based off of is like, you can have your cake, cake and, and eat, eat it, it too. too. Yeah. But you can't, like, that's a contradiction because if you eat your cake, you no longer have cake. You can't have cake and eat cake. It's <laughs> like, but, but like, why can't you have steak and salad? Look, we'll have to get so in touch dumb. with them and ask. It's, uh, yeah, it's all okay. we can do. I'm going to, that's going to keep me up at night. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh I'm my God. No more Giga Bash, please. No more Giga Bash. No more Giga Bash. Um, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> all right. The only, th well, okay. If you're not going to play Giga Bash, you have a, at least a second fighting option. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is, this is going to sell well because it's JoJo. Yeah, people love battle. jojo these days hey i gotta tell you i have not finished jojo but i think i've watched like the first three seasons or at least like the first three like jojos i didn't know you'd watched any of it oh i watched them you like it way back in the day i lo i love jojo i'm not a big anime person so it's a very big surprise that i've gotten into jojo but jojo is wild it just changes genre whenever it feels like it. Like, it kind of starts out as, like, sort of, like, a cool action anime. And then it, like, just becomes this, devolves into this weird comedy. And, like, everything that happens is genuinely hilarious. And, like, there's nothing like it. The atmosphere is so weird. And, like, I wouldn't necessarily recommend JoJo's <laughs> because... It. There's a lot of, fil like, there's a lot of downtime. And it doesn't hold the same kind of quality. but this is one of the only shows I've ever watched where I've genuinely just been like crying, laughing at some of the random bullshit that happens in this show. Right. So I, it's a cult classic for a reason. And I don't think I would get this. It reminds me of like those like Naruto, like those anime fighters all kind of tend to be similar and just reskinned based on the property. Right, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I do love that it is, that it is Jojo and that people still care about this this anime <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough i mean i as someone that's never watched a single episode of this i've just i've kind of seen a lot of jojo stuff around so i guess it kind of makes mm -hmm. sense as a game coming out um they're saying on i'm just reading through the blog while you're you're saying this so this is a a redesign or a reinvigorated experience they're saying of a game from 2013 called all-star mm -hmm. fighting battle or whatever this is all-star battle r um i mean it seems like it's got a lot going for it honestly there's 50 playable characters you play through different uh, various, there's a hundred battles with various settings and conditions. So I guess it's got, you know, something more spicy than just an arcade mode for your single player. Um, I mean, 50 characters is a big roster, but it's got some good mechanics. Yeah. I mean, hopefully the fighting game crew likes this one. Yeah, we'll see. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily making main stage Evo. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But it should be fun. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this, this, now we got into the KD section of the state of play like we went through giga bash that's behind us now it can't hurt us and we're on to us. oh it can oh it can <laughs> and we're on to like okay katie we made this next little bit for you we got trek to yomi and holy shit there this is like 2d's hero let's go it is like a beautiful stylized samurai game and i i know people are saying that we're you know we're kind of tired of samurai we've we've been oversaturated with them a little bit i don't care i'm having fun i'm, I'm having fun too on board with more of this but this just looks like you know what i was saying about forspoken but the opposite this looks like slow and deliberate and it just looks like 
then we my assumption is this is basically just like 2d you go along levels and you have like parry based timing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. combat in a kind of secure sort of fashion is what i'm assuming but instead of it being like a proper like a massive 3d game it's just kind of a simplified 2d experience uh and it looks like they went pretty on board with like a lot of artistic direction in this game like we've got like kind of black and white like very like old school samurai stylized stuff and based on the trailer i'm assuming a lot of the voice actors are you know like all-star cast Mm -hmm. they all got like named credits at the end and like with music playing so i'm assuming that those are like relatively known voice actors interesting interesting i took it as being like they're they're really paying homage to the classic sort of japanese style so i think those type of those type of credits are are like part of that type mm-hmm. of experience. Well, I think but it's both probably, right? It could, yeah, it probably is. Uh, this game, this was probably my most interesting announcement of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how can you say it's not after seeing the art style? Like this black and white with the lighting and, and the way that mm-hmm. it moves and the way that it looks. It's just, it's so unique, right? It's kind of like what people loved Limbo for back in the day, that sort of yeah. that sort of black and white, dark. It, it reminds me of, yeah, Limbo's a really good comparison. It reminds me a lot of that com- in, like, that mixed with the, like, um, old school, like, samurai mode in Ghost of Tsushima. Right, yeah, yeah, you exactly. Together, like, it's a little bit more stylized in a Limbo sort of way, but it's still drawing on that, like, inspiration from something like ghost exactly and i you know what i really love about this too is it seems like they're similar to ghost actually the way like ghost was was uh recognized by like the japanese government about certain things with the way they portrayed tsushima (laughs) and this game as well seems like it's doing the same thing there's another part of the playstation blog here they're saying authenticity is important to them um they carefully crafted while keeping in mind the ancient culture from religious beliefs to the swords hung on the wall or the way the kimonos are tied um the music apparently is inspired by specific regions of Japan to the point where the instruments they used in the recordings were su- were super rare. And the hmm. scales they're saying are, are um, original to pre-Westernized culture. So that's just really heartwarming to me is like the developers obviously are putting the time to, well, they're saying they're putting the time in at least to, to make it as, as realistic as possible. So to like pay homage to the culture too, right? Which they're clearly, mm-hmm. they're clearly trying to mimic. So I think that's great, and and I think like it's interesting this coming out so close to Sifu, another one of the, they're kind of similar, right? Like the Perry style mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, I'm gonna play one of them for sure. Uh, I don't know which. Depends how this one does, but right now, based on the art style, I feel like this is winning. But Sifu got some wicked reviews, so it's gonna be tough to pick. Yeah, it's a tough call. I think with what you just read on the blog, this probably. Puts this a higher priority than Sifu. Mm-hmm. Um, but they both look great and I, I want to get them both for sure. Like this is a right up my alley kind of game. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, speaking of wanting to get a game, uh <laughs> talk about the next one here. Let's talk about the next one. Yeah. So this came out of nowhere. We thought the Ghost of Tsushima had a great stealth drop, but have you heard of Returnal Ascension? Because <laughs> <laughs> holy shit, this game has been out for almost a year and people have been crying for DLC because you know it's such a unique game and like it it's done well in terms of like everyone who's played not enough people have played it but everyone who's played it is like this game is a masterpiece it is so unique it is so well crafted and returnal is is was my I think my game of the year from it was. It 2021 was. well deserved 
Um, it's definitely making an appearance when we do our combined 25 list uh, oh, next yeah, episode. Yeah. And I didn't expect anything to come from it because it's such a concise experience, right? Like there isn't tons of other places for them to go. And like, it's just not the kind of game that's like, here's infinite content. It's a very deliberate package. Mm-hmm. And with zero like rumors, zero, like nothing. I didn't see a single thing about this online. They're like, oh, here is, you know, co-op for the main story. Here's like uh, the ascension mode, which is like kind of like a like a tower you have to scale. It's kind of like a survival sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like there's new guns, new bosses. There's new cutscenes. Like this is insane, and it's a free update. Like this could have very easily been a DLC in the same kind of way that like Ghost multiplayer is such a big package. And they're just here, have fun. Like thanks for buying Returnal. We loved working on it. Here's more. Hundred um, percent. It looks so good. It looks so good. It does. And you know what? I've been, ever since you talked about Returnal on the show for the first time, it's always been one of my games where I'm like, I'm going to play this. I got to buy it. And mm-hmm. now that this DLC is coming out, like with the with the addition of the co-op and yeah, that survival tower mode, it's like, I feel like I just need to play this, right? Like I, I just really need to. And I think the co-op would be a, a ton of fun. Um, To me, this is such a smart move too, because I think you said something really important, which is that this game didn't sell as well as it should relative to like how good it is mm-hmm. and i think i think there's a world where this may have been paid dlc if the game had sold like double as much as it already had but in this in the context of it being a little bit like lower in sales figures compared to how good it is i feel like this dlc being free is a great way to get people to be like hey you remember returnal from last year that game that everyone said should have won game of the year well now mm-hmm. you should definitely buy it now because don't forget about it there's new dlc coming out and yeah. it'll just reinvigorate that well, conversation especially with a co-op mode too because it's like well now i'm mm-hmm. bugging everyone who i know hasn't bought it and like you have exactly. to buy it i'll play it with you if exactly. you want is another incentive which yeah oh we're playing we're playing play co-op this. for sure i will i oh, will be getting absolutely. this absolutely returnal is the game that i've been like i sometimes i sit down and i'm like i wish there was more to do in returnal because i've kind of done everything mm-hmm. and i have been thinking within the past couple months i wish i had an excuse to go back to returnal and so I'll just, my in my mind, I was like, I'll patiently wait until Housemark makes a new game because I know I trust whatever they're going to make. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, it's Christmas and I have <laughs> more Eternal to play. It's Christmas in March. Hell yeah. <laughs> Christmas in March. Yeah. Um, do you know when it comes out? I That's don't a good question. I don't remember seeing it. Return I don't know if they put a date on it. Yeah, I think it just, I don't think it's specified. I think oh, it's... it arrives on March 22nd. Oh, so wow. That's very really soon. soon. Yeah. Great. I okay. really like these Sony stealth drops. Like me too. We They're... could just keep doing this for all our first party <laughs> games. Like I don't expect it, but oh boy, is it nice. It is. It is. Um. Wow. Yeah. Um, we got a few good, a few other ones to close up on that look kind of nice. Too, yeah. I will say. So that was the Katie section, and then it closes off with the um Square Enix section. <laughs> yes. So yes. It's just two Square Enix games. Um. And I'm gonna read you the names of them first before, and then we will talk about them separately. But like. It's just cracked me up as like the most like JRPG fantasy game. You mean like ever Triangle like, Strategy? Oh, but like even better. Project Octopath Traveler. No, because those are kind of those stand out as in like they're weird but evocative in a way. Whereas these are just like the most generic fantasy ever. There's the Dio Field Chronicle. What does that mean? And then Valkyrie Elysium. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, to be like, fair, with Valkyrie Elysium. At least that's part of Valkyria Chronicles, I think. So it kind of makes sense. 
<laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. It just sounds like, okay, fantasy name generator, go. 100%. percent. <laughs> what came out. And they both just look like so generic fantasy, like JRPG mm. games. It's like the map is the same as every single other JRPG map. Like the characters are the exact same like anime style. Really well polished and really like nicely done, but just the same style that every game is in. And then we have like, would you like deal field is your um turn-based tactics flavor mm -hmm. and valkyrie is your action flavor and <laughs> right. which one would you prefer <laughs> like, right exactly yeah it's like basically do you want fries or do you want salad with your sandwich and <laughs> like you, yeah. you can choose it's so funny um, being on the blog right now like just looking through and the the games you're right they do have such a similar way that they look mm -hmm. i don't know like square enix even when stuff isn't final fantasy Stuff always still looks like Final Fantasy, <laughs> you know. Like they just yeah. have this. They just this have certain that look. Square Enix style, and it's like we don't care what the game's about. Is it, you know, corrupt kingdom under corruption, bad ruler possessed yeah, by chaos. something, yeah. chaos? Yeah, chaos force. Um, plucky young hero has to travel. He's an underdog from a small city. He's with woman <laughs> who is a religious figure and important. 100%. May or may not be a dragon. Hundred <laughs> percent. Those are the tropes. Just like but you know a what? Bingo card at all times. You know what? I I I totally agree with you. I I think that Square is so guilty of that. I think the only thing is a lot of things are guilty of that. It's like, well, here's any high fantasy thing. Oh, look, here's the dwarves. They like mining yeah. and they're very short and like beer. And here's the elves. They live in a forest and they have bows. Like, and they're racist. You know what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it's it's, it's partially Square Enix problem. And it's partially just like a high fantasy problem. Yeah. But anyway, it's just, it's just funny because Square puts out so many games. They do. Um, but so I will many. say, I will say that Diofield actually looks good. And I am like super into this game and will be keeping an eye on it because as generic as it is, like it, it has the divinity style of mm. like turn-based tactics where like it seems like you do move like on a map and you do like kind of position and it's like action-based and each character has their turn. They can do like however many like move and then do an action. But it's got the divinity style where like when you do a move, you have to aim it. So, like, they did in the trailer, there's a move where he's, like, doing, like, I think it's, like, a horse charge. Mm -hmm. And he, like, goes forward. But he has this, like, cone. And he's kind of, like, aiming on the map against certain enemies. Right. So, that little detail makes me think of Divinity. And I love Divinity's combat so much that if this, like, is even reminiscent of it, I might be interesting or might be interested. And, like, it's kind of what I wish Fire Emblem games were because I've kind of and lost interest in Fire Emblem over the years. But this seems like it's just got that little bit of extra, like, strategy and detail to it. And, like, the story has potential to be interesting. And, like, it doesn't seem like you're dating characters for <laughs> half of the game. Like and so, well, we'll see. This actually looks very interesting. Yeah. Since we're talking about these games together, I was going to ask you which one you're more interested in. Sort of knowing you the answer before okay. asking. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a conversation worth having, I guess. I'm alongside with you. I'm more interested in in the Dio field, Dio field, right? Yeah, Dio field mm -hmm. as well. Um, it's been a while since I've played a tactics game like this. I mean, we said it, I think last time there was a presentation too. It seems like there's a lot of tactics games coming out. And so yeah. I, I honestly, like, I don't think either of these look bad. I don't think I'm going to play either of them either because to me, it's like Dio field looks great, sure, but I'm going to be playing triangle strategy before that. And am I really going right. to be buying two Square Enix tactical rpgs in the same year like probably yeah. not right and they and this with valkyrie chronic or valkyrie elysium it's like 
First of all, See, you can't even get the name right. <laughs> well, you know, it's been a no. long show. Um, I mean, glad to see it coming back. I think it's a long running PlayStation franchise, right? But at the same time, am I going to play this over Forspoken? No, probably not. No. So, I mean, glad they're coming back. It's just one of those things where it's like, Square, you're putting out so many games. Like, At what point are you cannibalizing the sales of your own games because of how similar a lot of these settings look? And... You know, I, don't, I guess I, we're not sure when these are exactly coming out, so maybe they won't be overlapping each other too much, but it's just one of those things. I, I, the last thing I need to shout out, though, Diofield Chronicle has that sort of HD 2D sort of diorama box mm-hmm. graphic style, which we saw in like Octopath Traveler and, and uh, those type of games. And like, man, that is, that's got to be one of the greatest art styles going in any video game right yeah. now, in my opinion. Yeah, and it, the fidelity of the art too is really mm-hmm. nice in this game. Fantastic. Like, like I joke, it's the same style, and it is the same style. But this to me looks like a step up technically from yeah. the other games. Like, it is very, very pretty. More totally. so than Elysium, I think. Diofield is is definitely the artistic star of these two. Yeah, Elysium to me was if you're gonna point out, like I I didn't think the characters looked great. They sort of looked yeah like a little flat it compared to the very, detail like, Nintendo cell yeah. shaded or like, like Fortnite looking kind of yeah, look, yeah. And, like it doesn't look bad but it very much looks like it's coming like it looks like a Nintendo game in the sense of like we have to be conscious about what the system can run and therefore like stylized mm-hmm. is good whereas Diofield is like it's still stylized but it's also like got the powerhouse behind it to run a little exactly. bit higher fidelity exactly yeah mm-hmm. um so that was the state of play that was a recap of the everything we saw <laughs> we got a lot of depth there we've been 50 minutes yeah. so we got some other news to go wow. through uh, which we're going to do at a rapid fire pace to keep this show hopefully as short as we can <laughs> for our lovely listeners out there um so, uh, first, just before we get into that, though, uh, we'd love to hear what you thought of the state of play, especially after the poll where a lot of our listeners seem to be quite negative on it. Um, so if you want to let us know, you can write in circlesandsquarespod at gmail.com um, or get in touch with us on Twitter at CNSPod. Um, let us know what you thought, because we'd love to hear it. If we're wrong and, you know, you think Valkyrie Elysium looks like the greatest graphics in the world or you're really excited for that Gigabash game, you can let us know. Uh <laughs> But on, uh, let's move on with it, Kate. We've got a couple of really big releases that just came out. Um, the first of which is a really big PlayStation exclusive, which neither of us are, have played. But it's worth mentioning that Gran Turismo 7 had come out uh, since we last recorded. And it's interesting. The meta, So I'm looking at Metacritic, just kind of the overall scores. It's the best we can do when we don't really have our own opinion on the game, right? Um, <clears throat> so the, the, the critics have, are averaging about 88 um, on the score uh, charts, but the user score is only 6.3. So it's interesting when you see that sort of divide. Um, overall, though, I feel like this game has done a pretty good job, and especially for like hardcore car enthusiasts and people that really want to get into like collecting and and um, you know tweaking their cars, all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I feel like it's a it's actually 88. Like critically, is maybe a little bit higher than I was expecting it to be. Honestly, I was kind of thinking well, it might be like 80. I'm I'm under the impression that it's a conspiracy because the eights are a classic racing track shape. And so it's not an 88 out of 100. It's right. two racing tracks. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. So, you know, I don't know out of how many possible racing tracks, but you got two of them. Yeah. Uh, I found one review from VGC, just a little blurb, which I think probably sums up as best as I can tell what people are feeling about the game, which is, if you can suffer through clunky menus, endless dull dialogue, and hundreds of visits to the cafe, there's an excellent racing game somewhere hidden in Gran Turismo 7. But it's baffling. The game does its best to impede you from getting to the track when once you get there, there's a lot of fun to be had. Um, 
And I feel like that's probably where the dichotomy comes from is like the critics are like, you know, this is technically it's a great game and, and the users are probably a little bit more. I just wish I could race and not have all these people talking to me about, you know, Ford Mustangs and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's interesting. And um, at the end of the day, I'm just glad it seems to be a pretty good racing game for, for PlayStation and, a, you know, one of its longest running franchises, which is surprising to say, but it is uh, mm-hmm. Gran Turismo. So moving on from that, we also had the release of one Triangle Strategy, uh, which is a game you and I are far more interested in playing at some point, um, where the user score and the meta score are both 82. So I guess we're right on track there. Um, Kate, are you going to play Triangle Strategy sometime soon? What are your feelings? Uh, I I definitely want to, um, partially because it looks good, partially because I just I've I've been itching to play my Switch and yeah. it is not seeing the light of day recently. So yeah, I'm kind of onto it. Like I'm just sort of in the mood for for getting a tactics game. It's been a little while. This looks like it could be the one. Um, I even said I think I said on a previous show when we had that Nintendo Direct that I was going to download it and play the demo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have made the commitment to not do that because I feel like I want to just play it as it is. Like, right. The demo isn't a separate thing. It's like the first. It's like the beginning of the game, and so then it carries your save forward. But if I don't buy the game for six months, I don't want to have like played. That's the thing. The yeah. demo, and then like you know, I'd restart any and replay it anyway. So, I think my commitment level to this game is I don't know when I'm buying it, but I skip the demo because I want to buy it. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's where I'm at too. Yeah. yeah. I. You know what's funny is I was actually gonna buy it sooner. But I didn't mm-hmm. expect to get as into Elden Ring as I am. And now Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> is coming to Game Pass, which is like, I'm yeah. really stoked to play that. So this is on the list for me probably in the back half of the year at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's talk about something very interesting, which uh, came out that I've never seen before until right now, but apparently has been going on for 12 years, <laughs> which is that Metacritic has an annual game publisher rankings list. Um, I mean... Take it with a grain of salt. Who knows how scientific this is? Metacritic in general, it's not always the most reliable website, but this is just kind of fun to look at and, and take a glance at. So this, for for those, I'm sure if you just Google, you know, annual game publisher rankings, you'll find it. And what it is essentially is a table of um, the 50 biggest, or 43 are on the list, like I guess most major game publishers of last year. And the average score of each of the games that they published and sort of ranking them on you know, overall, how good are the games that they put out? And there's a whole point system. It's a little confusing because some of the studios that are ranked higher, like Nintendo, is actually, like, they're rated 76 at 14th place, and they're below Dangan Entertainment at 13th place. So, I mean, we're a little, it's a little unclear, but overall, it's it's just kind of interesting to look at. So I guess we'll go over the ones at the top. Like, Microsoft is apparently, according to this, the best game publisher of last year, followed by Sony, Humble Games, Activision Blizzard. Hmm... And Bethesda <laughs> at number five. So, and then it kind of goes down, you know, usual suspects, Capcom, Sega, EA. But uh, yeah, I mean, anything stick out for you at all? Are you surprised by any of this? Or um, it's just more fun to to look at and just sort of see where everyone stands? It's right? kind of fun to look at. I guess I'm, yeah, I don't know. It, it's one of those things that's really hard to quantify, right? Because like so many publishers like just put out such a wide variety of stuff, right? Like you have a number, like two is Sony and I guess like, Sony and Microsoft kind of put out like you know their own games but like so many other developers like you have like Bandai Namco in seventh right and they put out like just such a ridiculous hodgepodge because they're not developing anything Mm -hmm. it's not like they like own those studios right like Elden Ring is a Bandai Namco but like FromSoft isn't necessarily associated with Bandai it's just a publishing agreement they went with right like 
Sekiro, like, I think it's Sekiro is under Activision, right? And so, like, they're so widely, like, varied depending on what games they just happen to publish each year that, like, they don't really have any direct control over. It's just, like, a financial thing. And so it's really weird to compare something like Bandai to, like, Sony, who's, it like, is. mostly publishing their first-party stuff. So... I think it's like a weird list to quantify and like it should be taken with a grain of salt. But at the same time, it is really interesting to see where they all line up. And like Nintendo being at 14, like you think they're one of like the biggest game publishers, yeah, but yeah. they're not up there with Microsoft and Sony. And it's surprising like, to me to see them so low. I would I would be interested to go back and like and look at did they publish any kind of smaller games that didn't do so well? Because I feel like a lot of Nintendo's first party stuff does do really well. So it's a little shocking to see them. 14th uh i would mm -hmm. say too and like and like you know devolver digital i think is like it's amazing they're almost in the top 10 i love devolver i think they put out some great small stuff like to see them so high is excellent um well, they had they had death's door this year and i yeah, think that right. probably bumped them a lot right, but like right. like you said like they make a lot of smaller stuff but it's usually like pretty good quality whereas like nintendo if they put out their like five really massive games like a can afford to put like out some crappy stuff nobody cares exactly. about like yeah is pokemon home getting counted for nintendo stuff like that right it's like, <laughs> pokemon <I don't> know. <laughs> home. oh my god you know? yeah it's i would love to see the list of like games that counted towards this like how the how it kind of breaks down like they have point totals right like microsoft has a pretty big lead 346 points uh, in first place, Sony at 312. So I would love to see, mm -hmm. like, is it just the quantity of games? But we were talking about this a bit before the show, too. And it's like, you know, it's a double-edged sword because if Microsoft had the highest quantity to get to 346 points, they're also taking the most risks, hypothetically, of, like, if these games right. are bad, you're going to lower your score. Whereas if you just put out, like, you know, two really high-scoring games, you're going to be at the top. So it's it's interesting to see, like, the I guess Sony and Microsoft both at the top in terms of, like, quantity and quality which is mm -hmm. i guess what you want to see right is the sort of two main publishers along with nintendo who's unfortunately you'd love to see them one two three i would i would yeah. say but you was it you yeah you'd assume but then you got like weird stuff like ea is in number nine and like they're yeah. one of the most hated companies but like yeah you yeah. know and you got like ubisoft is down in seven or down in 19th yeah Interesting stuff. And like Take Take Two is on here at twenty seven. They won Game of the Year this year, right? So like, right, it is yeah. Very interesting how it just kind of lines up, and it really depends on what kind of like yeah quantifier they're using. Which at least on this page is not very clear. Yeah, it's not. But interesting to you. I want to go through and look at the other years at one point too. And kind of see mm -hmm. how the see you know the trends like oh my god this this guy these guys were down here so low <laughs> and now they moved up or vice versa. Who knows? But uh, anyway, shout out to Sony, Microsoft, all the ones at the top, and um, kind of a cool list. Um, speaking of other shout outs, though, let's go to our next story, which is that one Hideo Kojima is being recognized. Uh, he received the Minister of Education Award for Fine Arts from the Japanese Agency of Cultural Affairs. And this is just a cool story. I mean, neither of us have really played a lot of the Metal Gear stuff or like Death Stranding, so I think it's less personal for us, but... I just wanted to include this on the show because, like, it's just such an amazing thing. Another one of these things of, like, hey, video games are real art, people. Like, people win these mm -hmm. awards, you know. This this is a historical award given by the Agency of Cultural Affairs every year since 1950 for individuals who have made an outstanding achievement in various fields of art and they've opened up new frontiers. So it's the kind of thing you can obviously say, well, like, in the history of the award would have been for, like, authors and artists and sculptors and 
you know, those sort of arts and, and whatnot, and, or musicians, you know, film directors. Mm-hmm. So to see, I don't know if, if he's the first games person to win it. it. I I did check into this. You did. Um, it was the first video game creator or a video game like relevant person to win it is actually Miyamoto in 2010 okay. Okay. for Nintendo. So he won it then. And then I don't know if there's been anyone since, but he's obviously like such a massive name in the industry that, right. you know, well, it I mean, makes sense that he was the one that took it. Right. Well, if, I mean, if the two that have won it, Miyamoto and Kojima, you can see kind of the standard of like who you need to be to win this award. But regardless of that, I mean, it's just awesome that games are being considered for awards like this. And you mm-hmm. just hope that, you know, in another another 10 years time, we see more people in, in the industry winning this. And, you know, as there's more developers coming out all the time. You know, it's just a growing industry. So cool to see. And congratulations to our boy Hideo Kojima, who we really need to play some of his games. I feel like that's a yeah. that's a sin. <laughs> if you if you had to play one Kojima game right now, what would you play? Death, Death Stranding easily. Death Stranding. Yeah. I, th- well, I feel what like about for you? me. Oh man, I feel like I would want to go back and play one of the Metal Gear games, just because mm-hmm. it's like so iconic. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, our final story for the day, Kate. Uh, just a quick one. Overwatch Two goes into beta in April, um, which has kind of come out of nowhere. I feel like Overwatch Two was announced so so long ago. And we just haven't really Mm -hmm. seen anything about it. And then there was the whole Blizzard scandal. And then they were bought by Microsoft. And it's just like, you know, we haven't really heard a lot about Blizzard stuff aside from sort of the scandals going on with them for the better part of like six or seven months. And then now we have an Overwatch 2 announcement. Um, There's an alpha test coming out, beta, whatever it is, late in April. Um, I know you're an historically you were into Overwatch. Like, are are you interested in checking this out? Are you are you how hyped are you for Overwatch 2? It's hard to say. I think, again, this is the kind of game where like, all online multiplayer games tend to be like social first games for me. And like the game itself comes secondary to that. So if my friends who want to play, who like to play online games together, want to get into Overwatch 2, I'm more than happy to get it. Overwatch, probably one of my favorite games I've gotten into in a multiplayer setting. Um, and this genuinely looks pretty cool. And I always like kind of getting into games like this at the beginning as well. Like if I like I'm going to get it, I want to get it on launch before like all the metas are decided and everybody's like, oh, these two champions are like the best. You have to play them. And it's just kind of like a little bit more casual setting. And, you know, like this maybe not super overwatch. It kind of captured that for me. I got it basically on release and like nobody knew a meta and there was no pro scene yet. It's like, oh, my God, like you have to do Mm -hmm. this on this map. Otherwise, you're bad because that's what the pros do. And it's like, well, we're all shit. So it doesn't matter. And like it was just kind of a better environment. And I feel like as the games progress and all these, like it's cool seeing how the hardcore scene develops, but I feel like as someone who likes to play more casually, it's either irrelevant or detrimental because it comes a little bit more like toxic when there's the expectations set up. Right. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> so, so this is different because it's riding off of Overwatch. It's not brand new. That's what I was going to say, right? Is it not the same multiplayer because they're you're they were gonna say you're compatible with Overwatch One, right? When you're playing multiplayer. So wouldn't I'm wondering now, like, is the meta gonna be already established for Overwatch Two? Yeah. And I think there will be an element of that, but I think like it will change it up a little bit, especially because a lot of characters, pre existing characters are getting reworked. There's new characters coming out. I think some of the maps the maps are gonna be different. Um, and potentially some new game modes as well. So this is like it's not new, but it is gonna shake it up most mm-hmm, likely. Mm-hmm. So We'll see. I, I think it really depends socially, but like I, I enjoyed Overwatch and I haven't gone back to play in, in quite some time, but 
it has a, like a special place in my heart for being like that first really big exciting hero shooter that kind of got me into shooting games when I wouldn't normally pick them up. So right, right, yeah, fair enough. Well, uh, go play Overwatch Two beta next month if you guys want to. <laughs> uh, we'll see how that goes for everybody. But Kate, that is the end of the show, except for the final, <laughs> the final article we have to right. go over today. A, a fun um, surprise, if you will. A fun surprise, <laughs> as it says here on our show outline. Um, for those of you joining us for the first time on the Circles and Squares News Report, we like to close off every show. Sometimes we get into some heavy topics, you know, sometimes we have some long, some long things to discuss. We like to close it out with something fun and lighthearted before we, we let you guys go. And today, Kate, I have found an article from fanbyte.com. Okay. Now, you may have seen in the news, um, <clears throat> I think it was last week, that Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet were announced. Yes, um, yes, they were. Revealing the starter Pokemon for those yep. new Pokemon games. So I have here mm -hmm. from fanbyte.com's Imran Khan what your Pokemon Violet and Scarlet starter choice says about you. Yes! <laughs> Wonderful. So I would like you to tell me which of these fine Pokemon you would like to start with, and I will tell you what it says about you. Our choices, while Kate Googles the starters to learn the names, are Sprigatito, the Grass Cat, Coco, mm -hmm. the Fire... Alligator, I think he is. And it's a fire crocodile. Yeah, fire, fire crocodile and <laughs> Quoxley, the water duck. So this this is a tough one. Um you always gotta pick your favorite starter, right? You and do. it's so hard. I actually like all of them. I think this is a great cast of starters, especially after um Sword and Shield, which I wasn't really a fan of any of them, to be honest. This to me is going back to the more like animal first design and mm -hmm. anime character less design, which I am much more into the like nature animal side versus like the, the anthropomorphic like mm -hmm. weird rabbit mm -hmm. in basketball shorts. So agree. Or I guess like not basketball, but, like soccer. Soccer, shorts. I and agree. So... And I mean, we can't. We gotta wait and see like what their final evolutions are. Yeah. There's a lot of potential. They might pull out a basketball jersey and by the end of it and. You yeah, know, a DJ turntable or whatever dunking, it is. To be honest, Crafty <laughs> looks like he dunks. <laughs> yeah, I think he does. Uh, he's probably my my lesser favorite. Really, Crafty. Crafty, I I'm kind of torn. I like Sabrigatito because uh, it's a cat, yes. and I I'm a cat person, and I own a cat, uh, and it's adorable. But I'm almost concerned that it's too adorable. Mm -hmm. And God, you're I'm putting a lot weird. of thought into this. Oh, I'm just weird. <laughs> it's just gonna like you know be some sexy lady by the third yeah, evolution. I know, I know. Um, so I think I'm gonna go with Fue Coco. Is that how you say it? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. It Fue Coco. Fue Coco. Fue Coco. He just looks like he gets bullied, and <laughs> I think he's adorable. And he's got his little like apple head. And I've seen pictures online of him like compared to like a pep like a hot pepper. Yeah, I think that's what he's like. going for, right? Because I think um, it's it's is it in Mexico? I can't remember exactly. Where. No, oh, it's, Spain, it's in Spain, Spain. I think. Yeah. yeah, it's Spain. So I'm I'm gonna go with him because I think he's like just like the most Pokemon looking pokemon in here okay. and he's adorable and probably like really stupid <laughs> okay so yeah uh here we go i will tell you now what this means about you okay. and i i'm gonna confess something now to the audience i did not yeah. read <laughs> these descriptions before like what Good. they said this is way funnier than i planned so so we'll Perfect. see okay if you're gravitating towards fue coco that probably yep. means you're cool 
But yes. <laughs> the kind of cool that no one cares about. <laughs> oh no. And that's okay. You don't need them to care because they no. definitely do not. Wow, this is so backhanded compliment. <laughs> you like them big and goofy and don't care if a Pokemon actually looks like an animal or not. It could be actually a big bell pepper with a mouth. And would you still love that VeggieTales looking idiot? Your favorite generations are probably two or four, and you spend a lot of time telling people on the internet that Pokemon was never about the graphics. Wow. Interesting, that interesting. That is incredible. Okay. Um, well, well, I don't I feel a little insulted. To be I actually honest. feel like, like, you know, some, it's insulting, and they actually got your takes on Pokemon wrong. <laughs> yeah, because I, I'm a big, why does Arceus look like garbage Well, that, that and, and you were just talking about how you like the animal-looking Pokemon, and they just said yeah. you don't. So, I don't know, exactly. maybe you should I'm also okay with the food-looking Pokemon, though, in a weird way. Like, That's true. ice cream Pokemon, I'm 100% down for that. It, it's like, just, like, why is... You know, until on just a dude with a gun. <laughs> like, yeah, just right. Yeah. So okay, well, because did that... you pick the same. No, you... no. For me, I mean, I'm gonna go with Sprigatito. Okay. Because I you. I like the look of Sprigatito, but just for fun, because that was so great, I'm gonna read Quaxley first. Okay, good. I'm <laughs> gonna the... just calling it now. Sprigatito is gonna call you a pervert. Like. You're yeah, you know what? Probably. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. If if one of us was to have picked Quaxley, this is what yeah. it would say about you. Neither you nor Quaxley. Oh, hold on. Where is it? Uh, neither you or Quaxley care about that. They're referencing how it's going to be a big, meaner duck for his evolution. Okay. But neither you or Quaxley care about that. It's fine to be simple and maybe keep your aspirations realistic. You want your Pokemon to basically be 1950s Disney cartoons without the racism. <laughs> <laughs> you want a buddy to just go through the world with and you're not looking for a pinata to come to life or a Final Fantasy boss. Quaxley knows exactly what it is and doesn't care about trying to stand out in the crowd. If you're a Quaxley main, your favorite generations are probably five or eight, and you definitely had opinions about the way the Pokemon anime art style changed a few years ago. Interesting. I feel like I disagree with the generations, but Quaxley mm -hmm. is more accurate for me than Fio right. Coco so far. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I, being a Sprigatito fan, mm -hmm. uh, will read you now what this means about me. Let's hope I'm not a pervert uh, like you, <laughs> so that I might at risk of. <laughs> it, it, is, it is a big risk at it's this a point. It's a big risk. If um, anyone's getting like a like a human butt, it's Sprigatito. Yeah, oh, 100%, 100%. Yep. If you're going with Sprigatito, you're probably pretty used to playing it safe, but you want to get a little weird here and there. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> you want a Pokemon that basically just looks like an animal, but you don't want to go so far in that direction that it could be considered boring. It's a cat, but the cat's green, and that's fine for you. <laughs> you don't need to get on the to go you don't need to speed on the highway or eat hot peppers to get a thrill you probably love generation one starters and tell multiple people about how much you hate clef key and vanillux wow that's that's very mean why would i <laughs> oh my god okay well i guess fuyakoko is actually probably the funniest one to start mm -hmm. but um there you go we learned what it means about everyone i hope you guys played along at home and learned what these things meant about you <laughs> Uh, I hope you don't feel too bad about yourself after learning yourself. <laughs> but um, that's the show, Kate. That's the news. So I, I, <laughs> see, I feel like Fia Coco is the whole like, well, my mom thinks I'm cool, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> basically, yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, well, that's the news show for today, folks. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about the games we've been playing um, over the last couple of weeks. Kate, uh, by the way, we're, we're going to do a thing. What have you been playing last? What are you going to talk about on the show next week? Oh, 
you know, just, I don't know, just a casual Elden Ring. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shocker, I know. <laughs> Elden Ring, yeah. You know what? There's there's a possibility that I beat Detroit Become Ooh. Human before then, and that would actually take a lot of precedent because that game has skyrocketed to, like, very high in my mm-hmm. top mm-hmm. list of games, but I want to wait till I beat it before I say too much. Fair enough, yeah. So that that is a potential, but, like, Elden Ring is is an inevitability <laughs> right okay so, yeah. for me too we're, so next episode we're gonna have elden ring updates we might be talking about detroit um i beat sonic team racing because that was for ps plus so we'll talk about that and of course let's not forget next episode we are redoing our top 25 combined games of all time list which will be a lot of fun so strap in for probably a three-hour episode next time and uh <laughs> we will see you next week see you later <laughs>